0: So let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5, and I want to talk about soul structures and what is a soul structure, what are the different kinds of soul structures, and how we build ourselves up. With the proper structure, you know when you build a house, you have to right have the right foundation, and that foundation really tells a lot about the house and when I don't know how many of you have ever done house shopping, we did recently before we moved, and uh, we were looking at different houses there are some houses called colonials, right? Mm-hmm. some are called ranches, ranchers. Uh, what are some other kinds of houses that are huh? Touring duplexes. Touring duplexes, row home. Mm -hmm. Just how there's a lot of different types of structures, aren't there? And the same thing with souls. Like the more than once, the Bible refers to our soul as a structure. And just like we have a skeletal structure in our physical body, our soul has a structure. And that structure. is what holds up and forms our personality. If you look at how many of you ever watched a house being built? I, I worked at a I worked at a um, insulation warehouse, which was the itchiest job I've ever had in my life. <laughs> you just breathe it in and it was just in my nose, it was in my lungs, it was in my mouth, it was everywhere all over me. And and as I was working there, right across the street from us, there was a Building that they were building, like a like a a commercial home of some kind, a commercial a commercial building. And first, you could see the foundation going in, and then you could see the main the main beams going in. And uh, and then after the main beams, they started to put in some supporting. What do they call it? The supporting. And stuff? These things that support supporting walls. And, and you could see the, the structure of the house take, take, take form. And then after the structure of the house was built, then they would build the rest of it. And that was when you could see the cosmetic um, character of the house. And the same thing with our soul. Our soul has oh, struts is what I'm trying to say. Uh, our soul has supporting beams. Our soul has a structure and that structure can be a strong structure, it can be a weak structure, uh, and it has a lot to do with the foundation of that. We're, we're not going to talk about foundations tonight, but uh, there are four types of soul structures that people basically can have. And these soul structures define the way we think, they define the way we make decisions, uh, they make they define the way we uh, function in our life, and they make uh, they define the uh, the strength of our soul in the times of a lot of uh, trial winds, spiritual storms, and pressure. And sometimes we see people collapse under amazing amounts of pressure and trouble because they don't have the right soul structure uh, in. When we were in Southern California recently, uh, we noticed that there are no skyscrapers. In Los Angeles, there's very few skyscrapers. That's what I noticed. And, uh, you know, there's all basically one or two-story homes, and that was it. And everywhere we'd go. And when we asked about it, they said, well, this is earthquake country, and everything has to be a solid, very bulletproof structure so if there's ever an earthquake then you don't have uh, multiple floors falling on top of you during the earthquake. And so our soul structure is very important and in Jude 20 we read, but you beloved, let's read 1 Peter 2 verse 5, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So we are a spiritual house. That means two things, that you yourself, you yourself are a spiritual house. And there's a Greek word there that describes that. And that is something we'll mention in a minute. It's O-I-K-O is the root of it. But you are a spiritual house. And your house connected with other houses in the church if I can say we make up a spiritual complex a spiritual building and that's Ephesians chapter 4 and a church is only as strong as individual soul structures right so when i say soul soul structure you understand what i'm saying right just imagine the skeleton of a of a building or a house you know when you watch a skyscraper go up you see that metallic structure that's going up and so we are these. We are a spiritual house, and whenever, you know, and and there will be times when the devil will come after a church to try to divide it, to try to try it, and depending on the strength of individual soul structures, that's going to determine how how the the church fares. And so, um, the devil before he will create. He'll try to create a catastrophe in a church or a split. He'll always go after individual families. He'll try to blow up marriages, he'll try to destroy people's individual lives. And when there are when there's a weak family unit and when there is when there are weak soul structures, then the entire church will just can go down very easily. And so in Jude 20, we read, But you beloved, build yourselves up, and I'm reading from the Amplified. Be founded upon your most holy faith. It's really possible to be a born-again Christian who really loves God but doesn't have any, and doesn't have any, not living in sin in their life or not living with a critical spirit, but never truly and thoroughly understand how to build himself up. Let me ask you, do you know how to build yourself up? Like when you get down, depressed, discouraged like you're just down in the dumps or things are not working out for you or you're on the edge, do you know how to build yourself up? And that's a good question for us to ask ourselves tonight. And Do I know how to build myself up or do I just go out into the world and use some type of worldly crutch to prop myself up so I can keep, keep on my feet? you know what I'm saying and face mm-hmm. face the day. that can be either from something as simple as just going out and eating a pizza <laughs> or just going out and just getting high you know there's this wide range of things that the world offers that really just tries to take the place of us building ourselves up we try we can build our flesh up you know to go out and eat like a huge pint of ice cream or something i don't know and just uh, that there's this term, right? People say comfort food, Mm -hmm. right? It's like comfort food. It's like, um, how do I comfort myself and how do I build myself up? How do I encourage myself? And because we don't know how to do that, what will happen is, is that um, we begin to to be dependent on people for for our spirituality, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's important that we don't become spiritually codependent on someone because there will come a time when I'm faced with a trial that only I can deal with in my life. And when that happens, I'm going to be tested whether I'm spiritually codependent on someone or am I walking with God individually in my personal life. And this is very important. So um, really where does, and I want to talk about this at the end, but um, I want to talk about how we get a proper soul structure the but I would just make a couple points here. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans ten verse seventeen. When we hear God's word, we're building ourselves up. And somebody said to me like, well, why do you have to? Why do you go to church so much? You know, like what, what are you guys doing there? You know, is it some personality cult or something? I said no. I'm like, I just want to hear the word preached. I want to hear the word because when I hear the word, then I'm I'm built up. You know, I leave the service and I'm encouraged and. You know, I, I see that I'm building my life on an eternal perspective. And the word of God is, in Acts 20, verse 32, a word of grace. Now, these are verses that we love to talk about in our church. Acts 20, verse 32 is one of my favorite verses. That It says this, that I commend you to God. Paul is saying this to God and to the word of His grace. Isn't that great? It's a word of grace. It's a word of grace that builds us up. And gives us an inheritance among them that are sanctified. And so the word of grace builds us up. It encourages us, it strengthens us, it infuses inside of us uh, faith to face today. You know, and I was listening to a well-known uh, positive thinker preacher on, on the radio the other day, and he uses Christian lingo, and he'll use he'll use Bible verses, but uh, he's very abstract about Jesus Christ and God. He talks a lot about um, positive thinking and positive outlook and a positive character of God, which is true. We don't deny that. But what builds us up is more than just positive thinking, but the nitty-gritty fact that God is with us in difficult times. And... Um, So this is a good statement, and this is from um, the booklet I was telling you about uh, that you could, maybe I thought tonight, tonight I just thought, you know, if there's 10 of us here tonight, I could probably just print up this booklet and just give it to everybody. I might just do that next Thursday. Uh, Listen to this statement. A man is the content of his soul. Remember that. That's a good statement, isn't it? A man is the content of his soul. What is inside of us is really who we are. Where do we see that in the Bible? Who, Who knows? Who remembers that Bible verse? As a man thinketh, so is what? He, right? Mm -hmm. Proverbs 4, verse 23. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. A man is the content of his soul. We communicate the content of our souls. And if the soul is not built up in the Lord, that communication is neither productive nor filled with the right content. Is that true? Yeah, I'm preaching to myself here. I'm not preaching at you guys we communicate the content of our souls. And if the soul is not built up in the Lord, that communication is neither, what, productive, nor is it filled with the right content. So we all face painful, very tricky situations, right, that pop up in the middle of the day, and we're like, oh, my gosh, you know what's going on? And if we are, if we are building ourselves up in the morning, then we're going to have the right content we're going to, in our soul, and what we say is going to be productive. And maybe I'm not having trouble, but if I'm filled with the right content, then someone next to me, or in my life, or in my family, or just some random person, I'm going to have the right content to share with them. How many of us have ever shared something with another person that really was the right content? That's really what God's will is. That's called edification. That's the, that's the mission of the church. You know, we're going to have people here Saturday. You know, people that, that come to church spottedly. And, you know, we're going to have something for them. Not only food, but we're going to have the right commu- productive communication. We want to build them up and encourage them. And so there's... Uh, and if we don't have the right content, and if we don't have the edification, if we're not built up, this is important because before you and I try to... F- confront a very threatening situation most maybe you have to maybe you know that there's an in- inevitable conversation that you have to have with somebody that's just very going to be very difficult don't go into that conversation without first building yourself up you know how like in the you know in football they have the huddle before the play you know have a spiritual huddle with the Holy Spirit Jesus Christ God the Father the Bible you know that's your team just have a power. Just get so go into the other room and say, you know, I gotta have. I, I have to get. I have to, you know, I have to have a spiritual huddle with God, and I need to like get built up. And when we do that, then we have the right soul structure, and we can take a punch, right? We can take a punch. We can take. You know, we have our shield of faith. We have the right structure. So there's four structures, and I want to just talk about them here with you this evening. Number one the first emotion and they're all wrong structures <laughs> and the fifth one is going to be the right one so when i'm asked when i and I don't want you to be analytical of yourself or introspective you know what introspective means introspective means you're just like just occupied with yourself you know i don't think i don't know people we people some people really struggle with that like they're always examining themselves and they're very introverted and very introspective and some of us are not that way some of us are very extroverted and you know, um, uh, spective. Is that even a word? And we're always very critical and very analytic. I don't know, we can just make up that word tonight. Uh, I don't know. And we are always, uh, but when we're looking at these different soul structures, I want us to, you know, see if we can look at this, because each one of us has one of these four structures. We have this ten- tendency for it. The first one is emotional. It's an emotional. Sub- uh, it's an emotional soul structure. Now, you know, um, an emotional soul structure is a foundation of emotionalism, basically. And we can see that in the Bible, there was a church, the Corinthian church, that had an emotional structure. Their souls were vulnerable to different teaching that lacked. The categories of God's teaching and there can be Christians today that have an emotional soul structure and they will be they are that way they're emotionally appreciative of God and you may talk to them they may even weep or they may have a lot of joy but when a trial comes they are just flat out they're blown over because their structure was emotional and they don't have uh, much information about the word and they don't know uh the categories of how to live their life like in certain life situations we apply categories that we hear like okay the other day we talked about pride that was a category of teaching uh, the other day we, in the, another service we talked about um how david um encouraged himself in the lord uh, another category of teaching we talked on we taught on on seven signs of friendship. You know, what are the seven signs of a friendship? And that's a category. And so, we can't live by categories unless we've heard them. And how do we hear these categories in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17, without a preacher? Hi, Aggie. How how can we hear the categories without a preacher? And this is the number one attack of the devil on Christians today. And this is what it is. To get a Christian to not have a preacher in their life a man of god you know and pastors and preachers we're not i mean we're not people that are we're fallible and you know we are not chosen to be what we do because we're you know amazing people i don't, it's just god's how god does it but imagine being a christian with no pastor in your life unbelievable isn't it like you know i can't imagine not having a pastor in my life who do i call with a, if i'm in a life crisis who would i call if I don't have a pastor, you know? Will I just go and talk to, you know, read a book on Sigmund Freud? You know, or, or B.F. Skinner? Or, you know, or or uh, who's that other guy? The Crystal Cathedral? You know, I mean, you know, what am I going to do? I need to have, and that's what the devil does. He, And with, when a person leaves a Word of God church, and they just leave it for not because God's leading them away, but just because just, they just leave, then their soul structure is going to become emotional because they don't have a solid diet of a high, we like to, I like to call it a high-protein diet of the Word of God. And, and so that's the first soul structure that is defective. It's called an emotional soul structure. And that means it, it's subjective. And subjectivity means that I'm interpreting everything according to the way I feel. You know, we all have vulnerable days when, you know, for example, if you don't get enough sleep, it's easy to get like, you know, very like sensitive and hurt about things. Or, you know, if you're under a lot of pressure or you have financial pressure or you're, you know, you're struggling with something, you know, you're in a vulnerable position. And at that moment, we really got to build ourselves up. We got to learn how to discern our soul. Like, where's my soul at today? Am I built up? or am I just discouraged and kind of just because if I'm discouraged and I'm just kind of floating through my day I'm just going to I'm just going to be taken out. I got a huge missile with my name on it coming from hell that's going to blow me up if I'm not built up, you know what I'm saying? We got to build ourselves up and so that we're not being tossed to and fro like in emotionalism in Ephesians chapter 4. And so that's the first That's the first thing. You know, an emotional soul structure is a person that will say, well, God told me this, and it's like, it's very subjective. And these are the God told me people, I think, that God told me that you need to give me money. (laughs) It's like, wow, okay. God didn't tell me that. Well, God told me that, and I said, well, if that's God's will, then he'll tell me that too. I mean, this is subjectivity, right? <laughs> God speaks to us. God, of course, speaks to us. I saw a cartoon somewhere on the internet. A man was, ple- you know, it was like a little stick figure pleading to the heavens, like God, speak to me. And there's like a few frames of that. I'm just saying, God, speak to me. I need you to speak to me. Speak to me. And then the last frame is a big hand coming out of the clouds with a Bible in it, handing it to the handing it to the guy. Now this is how God speaks to us He speaks to his through us through his Bible God's never going to tell us or tell you something that's contrary to the Bible you know it's never God's never going to tell you and I to do something that's contrary to teaching in the scripture like God just told me that I'm supposed to kill this guy because he's evil well that's God didn't tell God doesn't tell us to murder people of course it's an extreme that's an extreme example but that is an emotional soul structure. An emotional soul structure is a person that just gets so blown over by the way he feels about life. And you know, sometimes when we when we are when we are just like we said at the beginning, not built up in the word of grace, then we can be easily moved by emotion by our emotions. Remember, your emotions can't think. You know what that means? Like you can't we can't assess our situation by the way we feel emotionally, you know? Like, uh, you know, like when I, am in a, when I am looking at a circumstance and I say, I, I, this is the way I feel about this, it's like that's very, that can be very subjective, right? Because actually it could be very good for me, this situation that I'm in, you know? It could be straight from the hand of God if I'm thinking with God in the Word of His grace. And so subjectivity is whenever I'm thinking outside of faith, Whenever you and I are thinking outside of trusting God, we become subjective people. We become sub- subjective about our life and subjective about, you know, like we, the, we moved to, I told you the story, but we moved to this neighborhood up, up at this, called the Greens <laughs> in Doylestown. And I think it's right on the Warrington-Doylestown border. And, you know, we're like, I'm thinking, well, you know, we had made the decision so quickly to move there. And I'm thinking, wow, is this really God's will? And you know and and my neighbor told me the other day he came out and he goes so he goes are you so you're a pastor right and I go yeah and he says what do you want me to call you I said just call me Chris that's fine and he goes can I call you PC and I said well, that's okay people call me that <laughs> and then he and he goes he goes so you're a pastor right and I go yeah and he goes he goes we need a pastor in our neighborhood we have there's no pastor here we need you and and uh, people that we've already talked to, so I really believe that God orders our step, right, Aggie? I mean, I believe we kind of wind up in these neighborhoods. We have no idea, like, is this the right place? It was so fast. We had to make this decision, and like, you know, but when we and we have to think in faith, or we're gonna be, or we're going to live in an emotional soul structure. And an emotional soul structure, all of us know it. An emotional, when we get emotional, right? It's Everybody else knows about it too. <laughs> the second soul structure is, is, is uh, self-love soul structure. People that are in love with themselves. We've never met those kind of people, have we? <laughs> people that are in love with themselves. And it's called self-love. And this is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. It says that in the last days men will be lovers of their own selves. Do you see that? Do we see that today? People loving them all their, their, themselves lovers of themselves. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I thought of, I saw this um, thing on the news where, <laughs> and I don't remember which game it was, but there was a football game and or baseball game. Or what was it? What, was it a, was a football game? The ball went into the stance and a woman had caught it. Did you guys see this on TV? A woman had caught it and she was just like, And she had just caught it, and this big guy next to her, this huge guy, grabbed the football from her and ripped it out of her hands. And all of the people in the stands were aghast. They were like, "How could a guy do that?" You know? And and he was just in love with what he wanted, right? Did he give it back to her? Oh, he did. Okay, well, that's good.
1: That's good.
0: (laughs) You, you better, better cuz because Except the guy who grabbed the yeah. ball and it should've been you <laughs> <laughs> know yeah so it's like you have people that when we when we put ourselves ahead of the cross then we become lovers of ourselves and and there's and when we are living in self-love there's no self-controls when it comes to details we become um high minded we become loving lovers of pleasures more than lovers of god it says here in chapter 3 verse 2 false accusers you know when people accuse other people what is their problem well they're in love with themselves when a person lives in accusing other people you know this whole thing right now with bill crosby i'm not listening to it i mean i i don't i don't know i who knows what happens with what he did and i i'm not even interested in that i mean you know from what I know Bill crosby is was a great is an amazing guy and 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 from what I know he was a believer but I don't know but I'm not really interested in listening to trash about other people mm-hmm. and um, some some people really have an appetite for that stuff yeah. you know they're just waiting for the next scandal to come down the the, the line and and because they are really in love with themselves and And what is really the problem? Well, when a person lives in self-love, then they have no conviction through the Word. This person will often protect his value system, accusing people who tell them the truth. It is vital that the foundation of our soul be based upon God's Word. You know, do I? Jesus, it says that, um, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, that He loved not His life to uh He loved not his own life, and there are times when you and I will be called upon to not love our lives, but to in <coughs> Romans chapter twelve verse ten prefer one another in love and you know we live we have a very big God, and we are we are big thinkers that's why we can afford to let people think what they want to think sometimes and judge when they're judging you because. We have a big God. We don't need to get into these microscopic battles that people get into. Like, what, when someone has the wrong idea about you as a believer, then we don't need to get into these battles that make us very small people and very, um, you know, getting all worried about the little skirmishes and making sure that we always come out right. And, uh, you know, there are some people that really are very worried about what people think of them. Do you know what I'm saying? They're very worried about that. And if there's any if there is any doubt in their mind that someone thinks bad about them, they will go out of their way to defend their reputation. And that's self love. We want to live in conviction about things, and convictions about things and we're not going to please everybody, you know, we're not going to please everybody, and that's not our mission in life. Our main mission in life is to please God, and if we are living to please God, and we are not living just to please ourselves, then God will be pleased with us, and He will justify you, and He will, he will bless you, and so that's why we want to live in convictions in our life, convictions about things, and be convicted about your life. Have convictions in your life. Like, these are my boundaries. And because every time, when we live in self-love, we cross boundaries. And then we just, <laughs> the result is always the same. We're just like, oh, just, uh, I feel robbed. I feel, I, feel, I feel taken advantage of. I feel, mm-hmm. you know, we all have been there. And, and that's why we, if we truly love ourselves, and we're going to have biblical convictions in our life, and these are biblical, people say, oh, you are narrow-minded. Well, no, I mean, okay, you can live that way with no walls in your life, but I am going to live with convictions in my life about certain things. And people may say, well, you're old-fashioned, and, and I'll just say, okay, whatever you want to call it, I'm just going to, I'm wise, and I love myself the way God loves me, and so I'm not going to like, I'm not baits for the, for, the, for the world, do you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be bought and sold. I'm not going to be merchandised by the world with, uh, you know, baited by people. Sometimes, you know, you never, we don't know sometimes people's motives in things. And they may try to, and this is what happens, is that people will try to flatter us to get us to be really on their side in certain issues against other people. I don't, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but when someone flatters you, really be careful just flattery and edification are two different things. Like flattery is when someone just pours on the love and the sweetness and the honey on top of you, and they make you think you should. There, are, a red flag should go up. Like, what is going? Because the next thing is going to be the poison dart. You know, like the, I got you. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, because the point is, is that people want to merchandise us. They want to make. They want to make us goods. Like, okay, well I got. This person's on my side, this person's on my side, this person's on my side. Now I'm going to go on the attack against this person over here. So we all know what that's all about, and that's called self-love, self-structure, soul structure. And they don't live in conviction. You know, whenever someone comes to me and says something to me about somebody else, I always stop them because, and I know that's what we do here too, but I always, because you know what, <laughs> because what can happen, and this happened in my neighborhood actually the other day, and our neighbor came over and she started telling us about the neighbors that were across the street and we're all so, the whole neighborhood is so glad that they're gone. And I'm like, okay, it's like, well, whatever. I, I don't, that's TMI. Yeah. <laughs> Too much information. I, I don't need to know that. Because I knew that if I, if I fed into this, then guess who would be the next person on the topic of discussion? Uh-huh. You know, you guys, you know. And because... Um, and if we truly love ourselves and truly love other people, then we just don't listen to stuff about people. you know. And even if they've wronged us, you know, it could be very tempting, that, that morsel, that, that temptation, if somebody's wronged you and then somebody comes over to you and they say, you know what this person did to me? And we could say, oh yes, they did the same thing to me. They do that to everybody. I mean, it would be so easy for us to fall into that conversation. And that's what's called self-love. We just don't beat people up. That's just not part of our, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus never had like these backdoor conversations about the Pharisees, even though he didn't like them. So the, the fourth soul structure, we talked about this really in church, a soul structure of pride. This is 1 John 2, 15 through 17, the pride of life. And What kind of soul structure is this? This is a person that Um, has given um, who is um, a person that prides himself in being a free thinker, a free chooser, and that nobody should invade my privacy. That's all my business. And that that person can be very independent and very proud about his decisions. Like, I'm doing this, this is what I'm doing, and no one's going to tell me anything different. That's what I'm doing. And people can say what they want to say and do what they want to do. But this is my determination. This is the direction I'm going because I want to do this. I deserve this. Or it's my turn. Or we've, all, we've all heard that, right? It's me. And it's, it's, this is a pride structure. It's a, it's a soul structure that's based on pride. And um, they are, in Romans 10, verse 3, uh, they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, go around to establish their own righteousness not submitting themselves to the righteousness of God. And these are usually self-righteous people. You know, they are self-righteous people that go around. And, you know, we have to be very careful because if we were not so desperate for the grace of God, we could become arrogant, we could become proud people, not needing God. And so the proud soul structure is a soul structure that's very self-sufficient, and there's no brokenness at the cross. There's no brokenness. I was um, privy to a conversation last night, and a very interesting situation. You know, when it was, I was in Baltimore, and um, and I can't get into details, but it's just so interesting to see that when when you see something that's not right, and you don't try to use your carnal hands to try to fix the situation or manipulate it. A healthy church or a healthy body will identify an infection and it will deal with it. You know, like how many of you have ever gotten a tick and you ripped it out and the head's still on the skin? I don't know if this mm-hmm. ever happened to you. And then eventually your body pushes the tick heads out, just pops out. Well, that's the way it is with a healthy group of people, that when, when there's an infection of some kind, if we are healthy people with a healthy soul structure, then that infection will, will be pushed out and so pride is something that and then the fourth one is human good human good this is a big one and this is um, in Psalm 39 verse 5 that man in his best estate is vain um, not morally upright and he's established in self-righteousness you know human good someone that you see I remember when I was a kid there was a friend of mine in school. He never did anything wrong. He was a great He was a straight-A student, did nothing wrong. He was, he was just, nothing, nothing was wrong with him. And, and um, I asked my dad, I said, you know, that kid's probably going to go to heaven for sure, right? And somehow, I don't know how my dad knew this, because he wasn't even saved himself when he said this. He said, well, he won't go to heaven if he hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as a Savior. He might be a good person, but he may be living in his own righteousness, And human good means that a person can try their best, and they are just—they are really trusting in their good personality, in their own goodness. They believe that the world's problems can be answered by just everybody being good. And look where that has gotten us—you know, we're on the brink of World War III. Ukraine is—is you know, the whole world is falling apart, really. And human good does not change the world. Human good cannot change the world. Morality cannot change the world. It can make morality can make a nation or a neighborhood a great place to live. Everybody's being moral, not stealing your stuff or you know. But it can't transform and change a person's life. There are these organizations that we that help people and all they do is they address the external behaviors of people when the problem is that the heart needs to be transformed on a daily basis. And human good can be a wrong soul structure that people face. So in closing, I just want to finish with this, that in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, it's written here that the church throughout the whole of Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace, and what is edifying was edified, growing in <laughs> wisdom and virtue and piety and walking in respect and reverential feel of the Lord And in the consolation and exhortation of the Holy Spirit continued to increase and was multiplied. And this is the point, is that when we build ourselves up in Acts chapter 20, and Jude 20, in the love of God, meaning that I sit down and I just take stock in the fact that God loves me today. God is for me today. That there is all grace available for me today to, to overcome that Jesus died for my sins before I even knew Him, Uh, that I'm forgiven, that I am just as righteous as Jesus Christ is, that I am accepted, that God has a plan for me, that God is for me, That, that, um, that, uh, that God is going to lead me into victory over circumstances. When we think this way, then we're building ourselves up to have the right structure. And when we have the right structure in our soul, we can't be taken down so easily by wind, by spiritual rain, by spiritual trials, building ourselves up. And that's why we need to walk by faith. You know, we are walking by faith, aren't we, in our lives? That's amazing in Ephesians chapter three, verse seventeen. You know, Christ dwells in our heart by faith. You know, somebody says, Well, how do you know you're going to be in heaven when you die? And there are some people say, Well, no one can know. Well, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, it says, I believe it's verse 13, that these things are written that we may know that we have eternal life. And sometimes people may ask you, well, how do you know you have eternal life? Are you that good of a person that you can be sure? I said, no, absolutely not. I know I have eternal life because what? Jesus died for me. And Jesus said, it is finished. And I can say today that I have eternal life not because of anything I've done, but because it was a gift of God's grace. And so, people don't, people, we don't have to worry that we, that we don't have to be afraid to say that we have this confidence in Jesus Christ. We're walking by faith. We're trusting God by faith. We're, we go up and get up in the morning at six o'clock and we go to work by faith and we get in our trucks by faith. We get in our car by faith and we, uh, we get up and we make a phone call by faith to people who need it. We just say, God. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and I'm going to live in a good soul structure, building myself up and I'm going to walk by faith because because when we and we said this in the beginning when when we have an edified when we're edified in our soul, then we increase and we grow and this is the why this is the reason why some churches. And some people don't grow. It's because they are they are not healthy in their soul inside, and they are not um, building themselves up, and they are not encouraged. And, and 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 you know, a body, a physical body that's not healthy, is not going to grow properly. So when we build ourselves up, you know, there's a real there's a real strong church planting, church growth movement today, and it's all about programs and. No, I think that's important, but the most important thing about growth in a church is that am I growing as an individual? Am I growing? Am I growing in my new adventures and am I able to face things? You know, sometimes we face things and we're like, I can't do this. This is too big for me. We can't say that. We just have to say, you know what? God is bigger than this. I am bigger than this by the grace of God. And God's going to get me through this and I'm going to grow into this you know I think that I still think that you know it's really in my heart that someday we would have maybe in Hatboro or, or Willow Grove or you know like a like a storefront where we could have like a little cafe um, coffee house we could use for like you know events for young people that's going to happen I really believe that's going to happen someday and it's just a matter of time it'll happen in God's schedule but I know that that's I know that that would be Wouldn't it be great to have a location like that? But how can we think like that if we're not built up? A person that's not built up is just not going to even think. They're going to be like, my car is a mess. My job is a mess. I'm a mess. I'm failing in my life. This is bad. My family's bad. They're not thinking in faith. Like, we build ourselves up and we say, you know, and we say, you know, God is for me. And if God is for me, then who can be against me in my life? And then temptation comes and you're like, you know what? I got a proper soul structure. I'm not emotional. I'm not going to live in self-love. I'm not going to live in pride. I'm not going to live in human good or self-righteousness. Temptation comes. And it's like, you know what? That's not even, attractive, tractable because it's not even attractive because that's just going to take me beyond convictions in my life, boundaries in my life, and it's going to leave me just chewed up and spit out, right? The world chews people up and spits them out. And uh, so that's why we need to build ourselves up building ourselves up and that's we'll just finish that keep yourself built up and you know get a list of your favorite bible verses and learn how to be quickened by god and learn how to have a hallelujah breakdown by yourself and in your house you know when everybody's just losing their minds and kids are screaming for four hours straight just go into the back room and find like a little prayer closet and have a hallelujah breakdown and just mm-hmm. praise the lord and worship god and just say, you know what, I'm not of this world. God's gonna rescue from me this rescue me from this world. I'm going to another place where it's heavenly and it's holy and it's amazing. Amen? Amen. So just a little edification for our midweek. Amen. Amen. So let's close in prayer.